And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's Mickey Brennan as always and I'm joined by Davy Rispin. And Davy, I suppose it was a quiet weekend, a quieter weekend for you this weekend. Uh, no football on in the county, but we did have club hurling championship. We did indeed, Mickey, yeah. It wasn't uh wasn't wasn't out and about as much as I probably was the week previously, but definitely keeping an eye on it. Um and the, the club hurling games I listened to Kildalki and Kiltail on Friday night from Navan, a really good game by all accounts and, a, and an excellent win for Kildalki. Um, great start for them, you know, carrying on from last year's success as well. Um, Kiltail have a little bit of work to do now. I think they play Retoth, who are waiting in the wings for them, you know, and that's probably last chance saloon for Kiltail. So, um, not all's not lost yet, but it's definitely blown open the championship wide open on the first round. Yeah, and we'll be coming back to all the hurling results in just a moment. I'm just going to let you know. What else we'll be looking at on the podcast this week? We will be discussing maybe the Sean documentary, uh, the Sh- uh, Sean Boylan documentary that was aired on RTE last Thursday. An absolutely fabulous documentary it was too. Um, we have an interview with Alan Nestor and Stephen Baxter from Proactive Risk Control. Stephen is the sponsor of our Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week and Team of the Week. And uh, we had our inaugural team of the week and our inaugural player of the week last weekend uh, from the first round of the football championship. And Davey managed to catch up with both of the lads to get an interview and a photo shoot as well. And then we'll be going to our predictions for round two of the football championship. And we'll also be going to Instagram Interactive. But I suppose, Davey, as soon as though you mentioned uh, the hurling already, we'll go to the hurling results from the weekend. Yeah, no problem, Mickey. Um, as I said, the first game was the, the big one on Friday night and it was a standalone fixture between uh, last year's beaten finalists, Kiltail, and last year's uh, Jubilee Cup champions, uh, Kildalki and Navin. Unfortunately, you know, only the, the usual few people got in to see it, but there was great coverage all around the, the airwaves and and on TV as well. And it was a, it was a good win for Kildalki, seven points to Kiltail's 112. Kildalki were very comfortable, I think, early on in the first half. And Uncle Taylor, as you'd expect, came roaring back. The, the introduction of the two Ryans made a big difference and they started to whittle down the lead. But Kildalki held on for probably a merited win in the end and, uh, and a great start for them. Um, that was the only game on Friday night. Then just looking ahead to Saturday in Group B2 of the Senior Championship, it was Nafina 122, Navano Mahoney's team. So a good 10-point win there for Nafina. In the other game in that group, it was Clannagale and Kilmessen, 113 apiece. There was the confusion over this game yeah. with uh, 
not many people knew what happened at the full-time whistle when it was a draw. Would we have extra time or would there? Basically, it, it depends on whoever the loser is, is tends to play um, the, the yeah, team well, waiting for them in the next round. Yeah, I got confirmation from the county board on this one. It was a draw, so it just ends up as one point each. The loser was to play in round two and the winner was to play in round three. But uh, CCC will have to do a draw now to see who plays in round two and round three. And, um, it, you know, it was something that was highlighted to them earlier um, in the year. But, you know, in their wisdom, they, they didn't think it would be a draw. And, you know, in fairness, you know, what were the chances of that happening, Davy? You know, but uh, look, it will be resolved. And I did see that there was, uh, uh, there was a lot of social media tweeting about it especially and uh, they were talking that there was going to be a flick of a coin and whatever so they're going to do a draw um, in Dungani I take it and uh, uh, the, the, they will determine who will play in round two and who will play in round three nice little bit of confusion in the first round of the, the Harlan Challenge Always oh, good to see. We actually had a couple of Instagram questions on that. We'll come back to later on as well. Um, in Group A of the Senior Championship, then it was a comprehensive three seventeen to twelve point win for Trim over Kaline, um on Saturday, also, and then going into the Intermediate Championship, uh, Wolf Tones narrowly beat Dundry on a scoreline of one twelve to thirteen points, and then the other game on Saturday was in the Junior Championship between Navanamath and Nafina, and it was O'Mahony's coming out victorious on a scoreline of three twenty to Nafina's 114, so good win there for Navanamani's with their senior team uh, beaten. Then into Sunday, and there was three games, uh, all intermediate, I believe, and uh, the first one up was Gail Kill and Ratmaline, uh, two first teams in the intermediate, and a really good win for Ratmaline there, 214 to Gail Columkill's 2-6, uh, so eight-point win there for Ratmaline. In the other game in, sorry, this game's in Group B1, and it was uh, another draw. It was Kilskir Myla, 18 points. Dunmore Ashburn, 115. So uh, a draw on that one as well. And then the last game was in Group B2. And it was both second teams. And it was Trim second team who narrowly got the better at Kildalki on a scoreline of 210 to Kildalki's 111. And of course, the Hurling Championship is following its regular pattern and a system whereas the football is obviously a little bit different this year so it's the top two teams in group a going to the semi-finals i think it is isn't it um yeah. and then uh, the next two go into the quarterfinals to meet the two teams that are coming up from group b of yeah. either the senior or the or the intermediate yeah so uh, look it's still all to play for it's only round one of the hurling championship and we will be bringing you all the results and uh, reaction over the next few weeks as that uh, gets going again. Um, I think that's all. Uh, have you got the tables or anything there, Davey? No, unfortunately not, Mickey. Okay. Uh, we'll, that's, we'll probably have to next week. Yeah, and that's all the hurling anyway for this week, I take it. It is. Yeah, <laughs> he says with a smile on his face, and Glenn Davey, <laughs> the sponsors of the of the Mead Hurling team, uh, and Davey Wispin, our new small ball expert. Um, Davey, before we go on, um, Sean Boylan, uh, the, the documentary that was done last Thursday, absolutely fantastic uh, piece of of uh, of work. What were your thoughts on it? 
I loved it, Mickey. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it all week and probably, the, you know, especially on Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was, it was Thursday when it got closer, you you were just kind of looking forward to it all day because I suppose we didn't really know what, what it was going to entail, really. And it was more about his life as opposed to we probably seen all the classic games and that. And, you know, they did touch on the 80s and the, the saga in 91 and then the two All-Ireland wins in 96 and 99. But it was more about Sean, the man, as opposed to, to me, the team. And, and that was great to see an insight into his his life, I suppose, and, and you know, how it developed. And uh, many people wouldn't have known he, he was very close to becoming a priest. He was actually mm. my, my dad's... My dad's uncle was a priest and he was parish priest in Dunboyne and he was great friends with him. The two of them were heavily involved in building the church up in Dunboyne. And, uh, you know, it's, it's probably no surprise that Sean nearly became a priest because of the way in which he can probably communicate with people and, and people listen to him and everything like that. He has that aura about him. Um, and he obviously had that way with the lads as well on the Mead team. And it was just very interesting to hear um, maybe some of the lads that we don't hear from, obviously we had uh, you know a number of them on the podcast over the last couple of months, but the likes of, I suppose, your Darren Fays and that, who, who we may, and Jerry McAtee and, and Mick Lyons, obviously we wouldn't have heard a whole pile from these lads in recent times, but it was great to hear their insight into it as well and what it was like under Sean, but all around it, a fantastic watch. The one criticism I'd probably have was that it was too short, you know, it was only an hour and probably 45, 50 minutes when you take away the ads and stuff. You, we, we could have been watching it all night and I'm sure a lot of people did go back and watch it, you know, over again. Yeah, you know, um, and again, going back to social media and Twitter and, you know, Twitter just was on fire on Thursday night after it was over and, you know, so, the amount of love out there for Sean Boylan was just unbelievable. And, and, and the fact that there was, there wasn't one, you know, negative tweet about it um, uh, on Thursday night. Now, if a couple of negative ones have come out since then, but you know, they're probably from uh, a, a team that wear a red and white Jersey with a red hand on their, on their crest. But apart from them, like, you know, there was nobody that could say a bad word about him. And, you know, just the, the, the lovely little insights and the little stories that he was telling and, you know, you could see how emotional he was getting as well when he was talking about his, his father and his mother and, you know, what it meant to him. And, you know, the, the, the one thing that I that really stood out for me was the fact that he had no self-confidence at all um, uh, as, a, as a young lad and, and still is very humble, um, even even today. And, you know, that was, that was kind of... He, he, we all probably look at him as being superhuman, because of what he did for me. And, you know, uh, and you'd probably think that Superman wears Sean Boylan pants when he's going to bed, like, you know, under his Sean Boylan pajamas. But, you know, he is just a man at the end of the day. And, that, and that's what really came across. And that was so endear. That was what was probably so much, uh, so, so endearing about him uh, in, in the interview. I just, I, I, I was just, you know, sitting there in awe and thinking, what a great man. And some of the little some of the little nuggets of information, like Colin O'Rourke obviously came out with the best line of the whole lot. Like, you know, have you ever trained in Betty's time yourself, Davy? In a winter, uh, on a winter's yeah. evening. Well, not not in a winter's evening. Some reasons are bad enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you feel like your willy is going to fall off. I just thought it was brilliant. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, and, and the love that those players have for him. You know, we'll never see the likes of him again. And, you know, it was a fitting tribute to him. And, the fact that everybody came out and, you know, people from all over the country. I saw one tweet from a guy from Cavan and he was like, you know, I'm very confused at the minute. I'm from Cavan and I have this natural hate for me, but I love Sean Boylan. 
what's going wrong here? You know, like, so I, I, I mean, you see people putting up uh, messages like that, you know, it just shows you the measure of, of the man that is Sean Boyle. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, a work colleague of mine, he'd be Brendan Riley's brother, Leo. Um, I was chatting to him on Friday in work and, uh, you know, chatting about the documentary and that. And he says, yeah, he says he was talking to a dub who went on to Twitter and he, he wasn't aware of the the program happening. And he went on to Twitter and he seen all these tweets about Sean Boylan and he says, Jesus, did something happen to him or that? You know the way? Because <laughs> he just says his timeline was just, you know, uh, covered in Sean Boylan stuff. But yeah, absolutely brilliant, you know. And, and th- I'd, I'd echo that. I know there was a couple of things which you said came out afterwards, but there was nothing but admiration. And, and obviously not just from all me people, but from Cavan, Dublin, all over. And, and what struck me too was all the ex-county men you know, legends of the game who we've probably watched and, and had the joy of watching in the last 10 or 15 years who or 20 years who have come up against Sean Boylan teams and the love and the grow that they display for the man as well. It, it, it just speaks volumes. Similar to that, I suppose, of Mick O'Dwyer, that, you know, when the programme about him went out. Uh, excellent production by RT, you have to say. It was, it was an excellent watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, and a brother of Conor Bradley who recently joined... Dumboyne was the was the maker of, of of the program, so it was, which is another little nugget of information. And speaking of you know awards and prestige, well, we are delighted uh, to say on our podcast that we do have a sponsor for our team of the week and our player of the week, and that sponsor is the one and only Proactive Risk Control and Stephen Baxter. And Davey, we announced our team of the week during the week. And we announced our proactive risk control player of the week for round one of the Mead Club Championship. And it was Alan Nestor. And, uh, you know, what a guy. Yeah, he's a great lad, Ness. Uh, and he was, he was delighted with his award and that as well. He obviously spoke volumes for, for his teammates. And, that, and it's often the case when individual accolades are dished out too. They're, you know, the, the lads are quick to point out the... I suppose the the effort and the job that his teammates put into probably making the result possible, but also making his performance into a into a player of the week performance as well. But um, you know, obviously, great to have Stephen on board. I had a great chat with him on Saturday as well when I met up and uh, about football and his knowledge of club football and me is is up there as well. You know, he's he was he was shooting the breeze about different things about intermediate. Obviously, he was in with Alan Locke last year but like even now you know he, he knows exactly what's going on and he's he just listened to the podcast as well on a recent on a regular uh, basis too so um yeah excellent to have Stephen on board and, and congratulations Talon you know first first winner we were joking afterwards that there's he'll be going out to win it next week as well I suppose there's nothing stopping him doing that but the competition was so stiff last week he, he might well to get to to get anywhere near the team again well, look, there's no point in you telling everybody what he said. Let's go to that interview that you got with Proactive Risk Control, Stephen Baxter, and our Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week for Round 1 of the Football Championship, Alan Nestor. Delighted to be joined by a new sponsor of the Team of the Week, Stephen Baxter um, and Alan Nestor. Uh, Alan, I suppose, the recipient of the first ever team of the week congratulations you staved off stiff competition to yeah. to beat the lads to it yeah I think I was saying to you that it's, uh, it's a good thing that uh, James Condon lives so far away because <laughs> you don't want to be going all the way out to bet you saying to be giving him the award no, no I'm delighted uh, absolutely delighted uh, uh, these these awards don't happen too often nowadays so no it's brilliant it's a great idea by you guys in all fairness to give a 
give a shout out to everyone in the club level and it kind of keeps lads interested and there was actually a lot of talk in our club in general about it and different things and mm. you know a bit of talk because then there was a different different team of the week we won't say who that was there was a few yeah, different names yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, no it gets it gets a bit of chatter going it gives lads something to aim for and uh, fair play to Stephen for for sponsoring it and it gives an even even better prestige to it that somebody each week can look forward to something and, and has something to strive for so other than getting the win which is mm. obviously the most important thing so looking yeah. looking at the team of the week like the embarrassment of riches I suppose in the team and lads that maybe missed out haven't scored 2-4 and 1-9 yeah. and scores like that yeah. didn't even get into the 6 forwards like there was some serious performances last weekend yeah it was crazy some of the scores I couldn't believe it actually I don't know whether maybe the COVID has kind of unlocked the defences maybe that's all we needed to get the, the sweepers away but um, I seen even Brendan McKeown didn't make he scored 1-9 no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it was a complete like outrageous score and he was Lynchy scored 2-5 from play or something like so and James Conlon has seen him on me daily TV it's crazy stuff yeah. so it's great to see some unbelievable comebacks uh, some great scores and Becht have got a last minute winner and there just seems to be a lot of excitement throughout the whole mm. weekend so it was really good so um, I think from what I hear and what I saw there was a lot of good football being played which is great to see so yeah. happy out and your own your own performance personally you're back in the full forward line now I suppose yeah. with a lot of it it depends on the supply coming in which was obviously good Yeah. Um, and, and a great win obviously to boot yeah that's it like I think the last few years I probably was playing out the field because we were struggling with numbers and you know like you just just this year we have everyone back and that's mostly got to do with the lockdown and everyone being home and, and interested so <clears throat> excuse me but because of that then it allowed me to play inside and then that's grand like I, I'll play in there all day I don't have to do the hard work out the field let right. the lads do all the work and kick it in and just like to kick the handy points so that's all it really was so no it was great now it was a bit of a surprise and heard you talking on the podcast as well that it was kind of a the result it wasn't really fair on Castletown really like the two balls cleared off the line and I think you know, it was probably a bit unfair the scoreline the real game wasn't as far away as the scoreline suggested so um, but look we know we have a big one now against Kilmain and they were flying um, so if we win that we're in a great position so that's where, that's where our eyes are turned towards that now we didn't know much about them because we were just focused on the first game but from what I hear now they were very very impressive so we're we're looking forward to that now. Give it a rattle next Super Sunday. Super stuff, Ness. Uh, Stephen, we'll bring in. Thanks a million, I suppose, for coming on board and, and giving us the opportunity to do this and pick a team of the week and pick a player of the week. And that uh, you were obviously involved with Ballinlock last year, and so you have you have connections and links to Mead. So you, you know a bit about Mead football. Yeah, no, I was really impressed with the, the attitude in Mead last year. The competition was in the serious competition out there. Um, I think even listening to the podcast and the competition for the team of the week, it's it's mm. unreal. The scores that was put up by several players was phenomenal. But look, I suppose it's great just to be back playing football. I suppose COVID had put a dampener and everything, but just getting back playing football, the competition is good. Um, special words to the guys out there in Bellin. Not that you know they put in a massive performance there last Tuesday night. Result didn't go their way, but it was good to see them back on the field as well. It's good to see the huge competition there, and you know, looking in at Mead last year. Last year was my first involvement with a team in Mead, but you know, the standard in football in Mead, particularly, is, it's exceptionally high senior level, intermediate, junior level. You know, even listening to the podcast, there's 52 clubs. You know, to pick one individual and, and knowing Blackhall Gales, we played them in a tough game last year. You know, it's it's huge and fair play to Alan and hopefully we'll roll it out keep going forward as well mm. going, going on Absolutely we were saying about the risk control about me and maybe Mickey Brennan getting a bit of risk control but uh, I suppose give the listeners an idea of, of what you do on, on a daily basis and how I suppose you could be of assistance to, to different people Yeah look there's, there's three different aspects to the company health and safety is our, is our main business so we do health and safety on construction sites predominantly but there's a lot of quarrying done there as well and various businesses and even during lockdown we kind of kept going reopening business helping businesses keep going with Covid 
did a lot of COVID training, risk assessments, that sort of stuff, getting their, their business ready as well. We did a lot of stuff, suppose Lifestyle Sports was one of our main clients that we actually did a lot of work with in, in, the, in the lockdown as well. Um, claims, we do a lot of work for insurance companies to go out there and investigate accidents. And then we also assess the risks before the actual underwriter takes on the insurance cover as well. So thankfully business is going. We, we cover Dublin, Mead, it's really all around the Midlands, um, as well so it, business has been very good we have a couple of guys working for us so um, thankfully it is, it's going well as well so yeah Susan Farrell has been telling me about the risk control sometimes that yourself and Mickey needs but look it, it, it's good it's good it's all a bit of banter there as well so it's yeah and I suppose the players can be expecting a few more of these vouchers coming their way in the next couple of weeks what's absolutely. the message absolutely look go out and enjoy yourselves I think maybe I think Jay has been boosted with the amount of players coming back as well which is great um, huge numbers all over the, the the county playing football. Probably maybe glad to get out of the house for a little while. But that's I suppose we, we talk negatively about COVID and, and rightly so. But there's a huge positive to it as well that clubs are benefiting from more lads out, more lads out and enjoying themselves. You know, it's great get out there and play the football and the results will look after themselves I suppose more so than anything else there's nothing stopping Mr Nesto and another one <laughs> fair play to him he, 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 he shoved off very, very stiff competition there so look at I think it was well deserved and I think it was fairly prestigious to actually get with the competition that was actually Absolutely. there last week as well I know yourself and Mickey put in a huge amount of work even to, to pick a team let alone pick a, a player as well so there was some very impressive performance I know Kilmainham jumped out Bell Cree jumped out as well um, Simonstown that, that point to Shane work scored was, was, a, was an absolute massive one um, I think Trim is going very well from the results that, that they had as well um, so I think the, there's huge competition Karna Ross as well so look it's, it's, it's a healthy competition and I think it'll drive it on as well and keep the keep, interest in going if you keep going the way you're going there's going to be me clubs in the phone <laughs> looking for you straight away um, lads I, Stephen we're really looking forward to working with you delighted to have you aboard and Alan you know you're, you're a regular on the podcast now and you know congratulations on the award yeah thanks Mel and fairness to you fair play for doing all you're doing the live, the live commentary last weekend and getting this, this podcast out there it's something that the people want and there's so many people that enjoy it so fair play to you and Mickey and whoever else but there's a lot of hard work in there in all fairness I don't know how you have any time for it but <laughs> fair play to you it's really good and a lot of people be, you know, that I speak to enjoy it and it's good crack and it's a bit of bit of crack as well as getting the football in case so fair play to you and fair play to Stephen yeah, for sponsoring it's no, brilliant that was one of the reasons I did get involved I listened to it a lot last year and in fairness you do a very comprehensive job in an hour and 15 minutes you just cover a lot of stuff and there's a lot of detail in it as well so no it's, it's fantastic and fair play to fair play to you for doing it as well thanks a million lads we let you go enjoy the sunshine <laughs> yeah so that was Alan Nestor of Blackhall Gales receiving his proactive risk control player of the week for round one of the Club Football Championship in Mead after uh, Blackhall Gales' uh, demolition of Castleton. And Davey, something that was interesting to hear from Alan Nestor was that, you know, we had spoken about the game on on the podcast last week and uh, he was saying, yeah, you know, you, you, you did say that the scoreline, you know, nobody expected that. But he did say that on a couple of occasions that uh, they had... Castletown had goal chances cleared off the line and it could have been a different story. Mm, he did say that the, the scoreline flattered them a little bit. Now, I'm not sure is he wary about many Kilmainham people listening into this podcast as well and trying to play down maybe just how good Blackhall Gales were. But um, no, look, at yeah, it, it probably was one of them that it, it could have been a lot closer. But by all accounts, I don't think Blackhall Gales anyway lucky to win the game or anything like that no. you know they thoroughly deserve to win the game it's probably just that margin and we did speak about that last week it wasn't 
so much of a major surprise, the, the actual result, but the scoreline more so was just something that probably stood out, um, considering how good Castletown were last year. And uh, Blackall Gales obviously only had the couple of wins, I think, against second teams last year. So it's a huge... Um, it's a huge swing in form between the sides as well. And it's great to see Blackhall Gales uh, performing like that again. They actually had the weekend off in the hurling this weekend as well, which is great. Probably news for their footballers. So they're going to go into a, a second round of a football championship next weekend, fresh and rearing to go, having not played hurling this weekend. So that will probably serve them well from a football perspective as well um, in terms of maybe injuries and, and this kind of thing. And it gives them a break and a chance to probably recharge the batteries and go at it again. It does indeed. And, and speaking of results, Davey, um, we're going to move on to our predictions for round two of the uh, Mead Club Football Championships. And uh, we're going to start off with the Chotton Terra Junior Championship. And Davey, we're going to start at the bottom of the GA prediction sheet and make our way back up. And uh, the first one on it is St. Dalton's versus Kilmaine Mud. You can see my prediction. Who have you gone for in this game? I've gone for the Ultons here, Mickey. I think it's a, it's a tricky one for Kilmaine and Wood having been beaten last week by St. Bridget's and they know they're at the point of no return now and they, they need a result. Ultons will have been um, bracing and relishing this game for a long time now and they probably had a good look at Kilmaine and Wood last weekend as well and I think they'll be well set. It's a difficult one for Kilmaine and Wood and I, I fully expect Ultons to come away with a win here. Yeah, I've gone for a St. Ultons win in this one too and uh, similar to what you said, you know, you got to hit the round, hit the ground running. St. Dalton's have that. You know, they're they're gung ho for this uh, first opening round game for them in the championship. Whereas Kilmainham would have that defeat behind them already uh, last week. So I'm going to go for a St. Dalton's win here. The next game up is St. Vincent's against Cartown, Davy. Will, yeah. <laughs> will I give? Will I give my prediction first? Yeah, go on. You do it first. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I've done this. I've gone against Cortown, Davy, and uh, you can hate me forevermore, but I've gone for St Vincent's win here. Yeah, I can understand it to an extent as well. Look at, um, I think we're, we're we're big underdogs going into this one, particularly after the first round. Uh, results between the sides and that, but uh, look at I have to I I, I play for the fucking club, so <laughs> I have to stay loyal to them. And uh, I went for a quarter win with the added incentive that there's four points there as well, and the fact that you picked St Vincent, so you'll hopefully <laughs> put the blinkers on them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to move on now to the next game, and that is Slane versus Minalti. And who have you gone for in this one, Dave? I think we might have our first... Uh, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, you've gone for Vincent's, obviously. I've gone for Minolte here, Mickey. Um, I, I, was I, like, I was impressed with the... I, I thought Vincent's would do a bit of a job on them. I, I've got to be honest. And uh, they got within two points of them. Now, I believe they rode their luck at times and, and Vincent's had goal chances, which they could have put and probably should have put in on another day. But um, slaying for me, whilst they were good against us, I, I, you know, I don't think they're probably the be-all and end-all and I think Minolte know at this stage that they have to win this game to keep their hopes alive um, and this probably represents an opportunity to do that I mean Slane probably on paper when you look at the group at the start or maybe the, the weakest team by all accounts um, that's obviously flip-flop now but uh, I, I've gone for Minolte here I, I think it'll be tight but I, I just give them the nod yeah, I've gone for Slane. I think momentum is going to be huge in this championship and I've given Slane um, the tick here and, I, and then that will mean if St. Vincent's win that it'll all come down to Slane and St. Vincent's 
from the last day to see who goes through to the semi-finals. Uh, the next game up is Boards Mill and Karen Ross. Davey, I've gone for a Karen Ross win. Yeah, I have as well, Mickey. I think Boards Mill were, were very brave in their opening round game, but unfortunately just didn't have probably the reserves to see out the job against Beliver. Um, Karen Ross won pulling up. You know, there was no... There was no subs used. They just carried on with the 15 they had and they got better as the game went on as well. I'd expect a, a bigger test here, you know, with Boards Mill and I think they will give them a bit better test than maybe Clannard did, but I still can't see anything else but a Karen Ross win. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on now to the next game in the Chocolate Eric Junior Championship and it's Clannard versus Beliver. Davey, I've gone for a Beliver win here. Yeah, same as that, Mickey. I think this could uh, this could uh, be a landslide win for Beliver. I think the performance or the game last week will probably give them the kick up the arse that they needed, um, and the and the wake up call really to go on and kick on. Interesting dynamic here with the hurlers and stuff as well. There's a lot of lads that would hurl together with Klein. Um, they're going to be playing against each other too. I don't know what that will mean, particularly for Clannard. I've heard a couple of murmurs that. You know, some lads might want to go out and play or something against uh, their teammates or that. So I'm not really sure what that'll entail. Damien Griffin back at the helm. He's only in there a couple of weeks. Great man, you know, and he'll do his utmost for Clannard. But this is a really tricky assignment for them. Yeah, you've gone for a believer win as well. We're going to go on to the next one. Kilbride and St. Mary's. And uh, Davey, I thought that there was great value in Kilbride at three points here. Um, uh, when you look at the first round. Yeah, there probably was. Um, now, in fairness, I've... I've I probably are. Um, I do be under pressure to do the points before the games are played, if that makes sense. Because we obviously, um, we obviously have the the games roll out. So as soon as the action starts on a Friday night, you can actually play the second round as early as the Saturday morning, even though there's yeah. another two days of games to go. So probably in hindsight, two points for Kilbride would have been the, the value after their first round performances, uh, respectively. But uh, yeah, Kilbride again, there's a bit of value there with three points. St Mary's will need a big improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And the last game in the Chattanooga Junior Championship is Dunsany and Drum Conrad. Um, I've gone for a Dunsany win here, Dave. Um, you know, they're looking strong at the minute. They're looking really, really good, Mickey. And the young players coming through, it's probably given them another opportunity, with all due respect to Drum Conrad, to get a a, a win under the belt first and foremost and, and go and express themselves and gather confidence um, ahead of what you'd imagine will be a showdown against Kilbride in round three. Yeah, and uh, speaking of young guys, they've got a, a young man back in goal, so their second team there, the one and only Kieran Flynn, the PRO of the Mead County Board, back in goals for the second team. And I think he's going to be pushing for a spot on the senior team if, if needs be. Um, we're going to move on now to... The Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship and the first game that we have down here is Ballinlock and Mead Hill, Davy. Who have you gone for? Ballinlock and Mead Hill, Mickey. I've gone with the form guide here and I'm going to go with uh, Mead Hill, to be honest with you. I, I just, yeah. It's a difficult time in Ballinlock, it really is. And, and you know, they, they gave it their all against Clannagale last week, which I suppose it's worth mentioning. We didn't, we didn't mention that game because it was Tuesday night as well, but um, they were competitive and they fought up until the final whistle, but you know, Clannagale did a bit of a job in the end and did a professional job, you'd have to say. I'd expect more of the same from Mead Hill coming off the back of that excellent win against Longwood in round one. They're going to want to push on now and try and get out of the group and get to a semi-final. And to be honest with you, they'll never have a better opportunity of doing so. So I think a Mead Hill win here. Yeah, I've gone for a Mead Hill win in that one as well. And uh, 
I tell you one thing, Susan Farrell will not be thanking us at all uh, after that prediction, Davy. But uh, she'll be hoping to prove us wrong. Uh, the next game is Longwood and Clan McGill, Davy. Um, who have you picked here? This is a really interesting tie. Yeah, this is a local derby now, and there wouldn't be a whole pile between them here. And um, I've gone for a draw on this one, Mickey. I think there's a bit of value there. I've I've only picked the one draw. I think he. Throughout the whole thing I nailed it last week With Julik and Balnebracki And I'm going to Chance my arm here again Eight points in offer For the draw I've gone for a Clan McGill win I've gone with The form guide as well uh, Clan McGill With that win Over Ballinlock Last week And they just seem to be They just seem to be Humming uh, They've continued on Their form From last year's uh, Run in Leinster And uh, winning The junior championship And uh, I just think Longwood are Missing Missing a few key players at the moment and I'm going to give Clan McGill the, the nod here um, and great value at four points as well um, Davey moving on to the next one and it's Balnebracki Balnebracki against Sid is that right? It is indeed yeah it's Balnebracki and Sid uh, looking at the Bracks you know there's 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 been a bit of um, I don't know what the word is but it's been a really tough week for them too with the confirmed case of COVID-19 in the squad and uh, yeah. It's very hard to know what way, what the preparation will be like going into this game. I mean, we haven't heard a whole pile else coming out of the camp since it, initially it was announced. But one would assume they're still probably in lockdown up there. And uh, it's, it's a big game for them, you know. You make no mistake about it. That draw leaves it. It's not ideal for them or Dulik, but probably more so for them now. Um, Sidden, look, at they had, a, they had an absolutely brilliant win the last day against... Um, against Oldcastle and uh, they'll be home and going into this but I just think when the chips are down when everything's against them I think Balnebracki may well come out of this game and, and respond with a with a morale boost and win and you've gone for a Balnebracki win then mm. I have gone for a Sidden win um, again uh, going with the form book and, and great value there for four points um, for Sidden the next game is Oldcastle and Dulik and uh, Dulik Bellison Davy, I've gone for Oldcastle in this one, and uh, you know if 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 Oldcastle have any gumption about them, they'll they'll want to make amends for last week. I think so, and I think they'll have to. But like you've been saying, I'll go for the form guide and the the added incentive there of an extra point with Delique Bellewstown. I think uh, they were probably a bit unlucky not to get the better of Balnebracki. Um, I just think Oldcastle took a bit of a beaten there against Sidden which will will may, look at it may get the it might may get the reaction that you desire as well but for me I think Dulik Bellustown are are decent value here. Yeah it's a, again it's a really interesting one because in Balnebracki and Sidden unless there's a draw one of the other teams is going to be brought back into this. So you know you you could make a case for Oldcastle or Dulik Bellustown. And you've gone for the league very soon, and I have gone for Oldcastle. Next game in the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship is Dundry and Castletown. Davy, I've gone for a draw here. Yeah, this is this is a big, big game, and in more ways than one, because both of them coming off the back of a defeat. Both of them at the start of the season will have aspirations of going on to win an intermediate championship. But realistically, this time next week, we're going to be sitting here, and one of these are going to be the favourites to finish bottom of this group, which is. You know, two weeks ago, that was unthinkable, really. Um, we Let's be honest about it, Mickey. We probably both would have expected uh, this game to be a showdown between teams who have won their first-round encounters, but it hasn't uh, panned out like that, to be honest with you. So, with that in mind, um, 
I'm gonna go for Castlehound. I I just think if they have anything left of last year's, you know, what's there. The the reason I'm going with Castletown is that they still have the nucleus of that squad. Dundry have had a lot of injury setbacks. And I think that's probably more down to the fact that they lost to Kilmainham other than them being poor. Whereas Castletown, I think, were were pretty poor against Blackhall Gale. So I'm just going to go with Castletown. But you said you have a draw on this one, do you? Yeah, I've gone for a draw on this one, yeah. That could be a really good shout. You know, the pressure is on both teams. So I, I can see this being... You know, quite tight, and uh, and that's why I've gone for a draw, basically. <laughs> yeah. and if someone does win it, I don't think they're going to win it by much. We're going to move on now to the next game, and it's the the top two clashing in this group. It's Blackhall Gales versus Kilmainham, and Davy, I've gone for a Blackhall Gales win here. I just think that the form they're in at the moment, and I was talking to somebody from Kilmainham, and I I, I just know that they're going to be. Uh, missing a couple of players due to you know they, they don't have their full squad back and, and just numbers wise I just don't think they'll have as much in backup as Blackhall Gales and you know would Kilmainham have somebody to do a job on Alan Nestor that's another thing as well it's a, it's a very good point and you know not just I suppose Alan Nestor but the Kellys there and yeah. Tyg Brosnan as well suddenly you have four players whereas Kilmainham for Blackhall Gales, looking at it, they're going to see, right, 2-11 last week, 2-9 was scored by Morgan and Newman. If they can somehow curtail their influence, I'm not saying absolutely wipe them out of the game, but if they can minimise them to, let's say, six or seven points between them, you'd, you'd struggle to make an argument for where Kilmainham are going to muster up another six or seven points, if you, if you get me. Whereas I just think that Blackhall probably have a bigger spread of scorers than that and, and that's why I think I'm going to go for a Blackhall Gales win really looking forward to this game though too I think this will be an excellent game of football um, and I might try and get this get to this next week yeah looking forward to that one but we've both gone for a Blackhall Gales win over Kilmainham the next game sees Waterstown taking on St. Pat's and uh, for some reason here Davey I have gone for St. Pat's Um and I can't explain it. I, I, I found, this is the form that I got back from, um, from, from, from the GA predictions. So I have to just assume that I went for St. Pat's when I was doing my predictions. Um, well, it, it's it's probably not. A, yeah. You could make a case for either team here. Um, but maybe the fact that the, the experience of St. Pat's, and I said that last week about them, um, would shine through and it didn't. So, um, you know, on Waterstown working off a small enough panel, um, yeah, I've gone for St. Pat's and I'm trying to justify it. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to sit in the fence and go for a draw here. Um, it's a good idea. Because I can't, I can't split them either. Um, Waterstown were underwhelming, to say the least, in their two-point win over Moyla. And St. Pat's were probably a little bit unlucky to be just edged out by St. Michael's. So, when you weigh those two things up, it, there's very little between these sides. And if it does go either way, I would expect it to be no more than two or three points max. And uh, I'd say that's why you've probably just flicked a coin and gone with Pats, and that's why I'm sitting on the fence with a draw. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second draw that you've picked so far. Yeah. We're going to move on now. St. Michael's versus Myla. And I've gone for a St. Michael's win here. I can't see anything but a St. Michael's win. Yeah, likewise. Um, I think they'll be wary of Myla's threat, though. You know, they really will. Um, and they'll know they'll have to show up and perform. Two points probably represents the 
the worst value, I suppose, of all the two-point teams when you look through the whole prediction as, as a whole. But I suppose it does make a bit of sense too. Um, but yeah, I can't go. I can't really make a strong enough case for a draw or a minor win. So I'm gone for the mix. Yeah, and uh, on the Trim and Drumbara game, I've gone for a Trim win here. I know Drumbara were very unlucky last week with a last-minute goal against Bechtel to lose out on get, get, getting a point out of that game. And uh, I know they will be mad to get going again, but I've gone for a Trim win here. And they looked very good against Kenny last week. They did. They were absolutely brilliant, Mickey. I have to say, really, really impressed with them. And it was a bit unsure how they'd come back after last year's disappointment, but it seems like it's just going to drive them on even more. Um, I'd fully, fully expect a trim win here. I think Trumbaro will be down after last week's performance, or last week's result, I should say. Yeah, they probably knocked the wind out of their sails. But, you know, I do know that they'll come back fighting um, uh, against Trim. Next game up is Bechtel versus Rakeni. And, Davey, I've, I've actually gone with the form book here and I've gone for Bechtel. I just, yeah, I've gone for a Bechtel win against the team that I said would win the Intermediate Championship. But I said to you last week, I just feel that Rakeni's Championship was lost against Trim last week. I, I agree with you. I think their Championship was lost last week against uh, Trim. But they still need to pick up a result because all of a sudden you end up in relegation trouble and I mean the unthinkable two relegations on the bounce will be very much a, a stark possibility and reality for Rakeni if they don't pick up a win here against Bechtov and on the basis of that I'm I'm going for Rakeni um, yeah I, I just I'm not sure how good Bechtov are to be brutally honest with you Mickey I know they beat Trumbara and they were probably very fortunate to do so Um like Trabara were probably every bit as good or, or better than them, but Becht have obviously got that rouse and finish. So with that in mind, I'm going to go for Rakeni to bounce back here and pick up a win. A much yeah, it's it, yeah, it's interesting because you know you're saying you're not you're not sure how good Becht are. You know they can be Jekyll and Hyde. You look at them in the championship last year and they got that mm. unbelievable win over Trim and whatever, and then they weren't able to kick on. And they seem to do that each year. They'll get this big win, and um, I just feel that maybe their win against Rumbaro wasn't their big win for this year. And, uh, yeah, I've gone for a Bechtel win. So we've got a few differences so far between Intermediate and Junior. And we're going to move on now to the Ferry House Steel Senior Championship. And uh, the first game that we have down on the GAA predictions list is St. Column Kills against Dunshockland, Davey. Yeah, I've gone for the kills here, Mickey. I've seen enough of them last week to... Give me encouragement that they'll pick up a win here and a uh, bit of value there with the four points as well. Dunshockland took a little bit of a tanking against Dunboyne and, you know, morale will be low and it'll be hard to lift them after, particularly after a derby defeat with the margin of that. St. Colm Gills, I don't think it'll be as difficult, as disappointed as they were, probably not to see out the job against Kells. There's enough in that performance to suggest that they can definitely have a say and, and pick up a couple of wins in this championship. Um, like I say, they'll need more from other players. Like James Conlon will not be able to just do that every week and kick seven or eight points from play every week. It's not fair to be asking them to do that. But I think if they can get more from Graham Riley and Ben Brennan and David Bell and Jack Reynolds can chip in with his couple of points again, I think there's enough in that forward line for them to beat Dunshockland, providing they stay um, watertight and cut out the mistakes. Yeah, I've gone for a St. Colm Kells win here as well. And, you know, the the interesting thing is, I mean, 
you know, we're saying about morale after big beatings and stuff last week. I've, I was commentating over the weekend on, on Cavan matches, and there was a few teams that took tankings last weekend. And they came out this weekend, and, you know, they showed their steel. And, you know, a couple of them were lucky not to get results, and one of them did get a result after being tanked last week. So, you know, it could be the same. You know, teams might, uh, might have taken them that one game in the championship just to get up the championship pace and we we could see a few upsets uh, in the championship again this week but both of us going with the forum grade the, the team that uh, performed so well last week and were unlucky not to win whereas Dunchotland didn't turn up that could be another thing you know they could yeah. they didn't turn up last week against uh, Dunboyne so they have much more improvement in them uh, moving on now to the next game and it's Dunboyne against Gail Column Kill Kells Davey, who have you gone for in this one? This is the mouth, the most mouth-watering tie of the weekend. Yeah, and straight away, the mind flashes back to that quarter-final meeting in Dunchotland a couple of years ago, yeah. one of the modern-day classics in Mead GA, and uh, really hope we get more of the same. And I, I, I think there's enough quality on the pitch in both sides that we will. Um, but I have to, and I don't know, I'm probably going to have to go into quarantine for another week. I'm going <laughs> I'm to have to give Dubain the nod here, Mickey. Um, I just thought Kells were so slow to get going against St. Colin Gills. Don't get me wrong, they finished extremely strong. Um, but with the couple of injuries they're carrying, and they just didn't start it as, as probably as well as Larwall would have liked. I think if they do that again, uh, next weekend they will not get away with it they'll be out of this game with 15 minutes to go Dubain won't keep them in it that's for sure so Kells are going to have to be at it for minute one I just like Dubain I've said it for minute one they're my pick for the championship so I have to stick by them from that perspective as well but I just like what's going on there again yeah um, I have Stephen Baxter's number there from proactive risk control if you want it Davey because you're putting yourself at risk with all of these <laughs> I, Davey, I've, I, like, I, I, I 100% see where you're coming from. And, uh, but I've gone for a Gail Cullum kill Kells win here. Um, if, if ever Kells are going to win a championship or beat Dunboyne, it's this year. And, you know, it, it, they were so unlucky two years ago in that quarterfinal um, where it went to extra time. And, you know, there was a chance to win it at the end of normal time with a free and stuff. So, and I think, you know, Dumboyne, okay, they have had a couple of additions and they are stronger uh, than they were last year. Um, but I just feel like Kells are going to be, they, they got that game on their back, um, uh, played last week against St. Collingwood. They got the game, they're over that game. And they had, to, they had to work so hard to win that game. That's going to give them a massive boost going into this game against Dumboyne. And if Kells are ever going to beat Dumboyne, this is their chance. So, and not only that, you've gone for Dumboyne, and I thought you would go for Dumboyne. So I was like, going right, well, I, I'm going to go against them here, and I'm going to go for Kells. Um, I, as I said as well, I do think that this championship, if it's going to suit any team, it's going to suit Kells. Um, but uh, yeah, I've gone for Gail Cullen, Kill Kells anyway, so I have. Next game up is Red Totten Screen, a nice little local derby there, but I could only see one winner in this one. And it's, uh, and Davey, I've gone for a top weight over screen. Yeah, yeah, I, I have as well. Um, ominous signs last weekend, I suppose, for both. Screen did rally in fairness to them in the second half against Simonstown, but uh, they're just missing, they're missing a bit of quality. And I think we're 
they could do a job on them again like they did in the quarterfinal last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say, Baz, I, I just have, I just have, I think we're told they're very strong. And again, you know, the reigning champions and, uh, you know, they've hit the ground running in, in the championship so far with that win over and over last week. The next game up is uh, Simonstown and Nobber. Davey, I've gone for a Simonstown win here over Nobber. Uh, not great value with the two points though. Yeah, well, uh, that's the the most minimal of points, unfortunately. Um, but if it was, if it was in terms of odds, you'd have to say Simon said it'd be interesting to see what odds they are actually coming out because uh, poor old Nobber from one extreme to another would retort and uh, Simon's Town, you know, in back to back rounds, it, it's a difficult one for them. But I suppose for them, it's to try and keep the score down and try and stay with Simonson as long as they can and make things awkward for them. But there's only one winner in this one, Mickey. Yeah, um, we both have gone for a Simonstone win. The next game is Navin O'Matneys and Nafina Davy. And, uh, you know, judging, you can't go by the form book really from last week. Um, O'Matneys beaten by Dunhamore Ashburn by three points. And Nafina, well beaten by Centralstown uh, in the end in that one. I think it was five in it or six in it, maybe. Um, but I, I'm going to go for a Nafina win here, Davy. So am I. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Romanis are certs now. <laughs> um, but uh, looking at it, I think it's a must win for both, you have to say. Probably if they want to keep aspirations going of getting out of the group, which is probably unlikely even at this stage. Um, but then avoiding, obviously, relegation trouble. And I just think Nafina, ha- again, have the, that little bit more in the forward department. Romanis, it's well documented, the players they're missing and that. Um, but in fairness, you know, they, they gave Dunham Rashburn their fill of it last week, whereas Nafina really gave Centralstown a huge head start before they started playing. And at that stage, it was far too late to claw back the, the lead. They got a morale boost to win in the hurling this weekend, which may have a knock-on effect because there would be a massive crossover of players there. So even just getting the win may well give them confidence going into next weekend. And O'Mahony's, I think, were beaten in the hurling in a meeting of the two. Which is, yeah. a, which is a mad one, obviously, as well. So there'll be plenty of players on show in uh, both weekends. But yeah, I, I, I just think Nafina are a bit of value here with four points. So that's why I've gone for them. I think it'll be really close, though. Yeah, that, 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 that could even be a draw. Um, moving on now to the next one, and it's Dunmore Ashburn against Central Sound. And it's a nice local derby there between the two. And uh, Davey, um, this is a th- this is a tough one to call, you know. Centralstown were free flowing and free scoring last week. Dunmore Ashburn were held to a goal in ten, but I've gone for a Dunmore Ashburn win. So have I, yeah. Reluctantly though, um, mm, totally. I, I I do feel Centralstown are such a confidence team when they do get a result, they they start to play well and they get more confidence in the ranks and everything like that. Now Dunham Ashburn will come on for that win too. Probably not spectacular, not brilliant, but they'll get the win and they'll. They'll be pleased with seeing off now from the Mahonies, which is always a really tight game at the best of times anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect Dunham or Ashburn to win this one. I really would. But I think if they're not at their free-flowing best, I think Sengstown will be happy to take advantage of them. Interesting to see if Joe Sheridan returns here. That's a nice little sub-story as well. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll look on that one with, um, with, with a bit of interest. But no, Dunham or Ashburn for me as well, Mick. Yeah, both of us going for Dunham or Ashburn. Two fixtures left, Davey. And the next one up is uh, Table Toppers of Group A and it's Summerhill versus Wolf Tones. It's, uh, it, it, again, this is another interesting tie, Davey. 
Yeah, I've had Wolf Tones here, Mickey. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just I, I, I didn't see them, but but I heard that they were very very good, and um, they probably had the forwards that had Minaldi had the same forward line against Summerhill. They'd have won the game with a bit to spare, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that the Summerhill backs are going to have to up the ante big time, and indeed the forwards they're going to have to get a much more um, what's the word I suppose fluent. And cohesive cohesive performance from the forward line from minute one to 60 because it just took them way too long to get going even in a midfield capacity as well I just like I like Wolf Tones um, I think they'll be going into this game quietly confident I don't think they'll be really hyped up too much Baron the likes of me hyping them up <laughs> uh, I think they'll go under this they'll go under the radar going into this game a little bit too and not many neutrals will probably expect them to to come out with a win, but I would give them a real good chance of doing so, similar to what they did to them by last year in the second round. Yeah, I'm going to go for a Summerhill win here. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, that, that game against Minaldi, that has to be a huge, huge boost to Summerhill, especially in the manner that they won it. And and maybe their, their elder statesmen didn't stand up on the day, but the younger guys on the Summerhill team really stood up and so there's loads of room for improvement on a lot of the players in the Summerhill team whereas Wolf Tones were just awesome against Curraha Vicro Ward three goals in that first half and a point as well but it's you know again I'm reluctantly going for Summerhill Um, I honestly thought that you would have gone for Summerhill and I really tied with the idea of going for Wolf Tones but in the end I was thinking more along the lines of of, of uh, trying to stay as close to you with some of the some of the results as possible. But this is again, this is a game that could end in a draw very, very mm. easily. So um, yeah, it's a tough one to call. But I've gone for Summerhill. You've gone for Wolf Tones. The last of the Fairy Hill Steel Senior Championship games on the GA predictions sheet is Curaha versus Minalvi Davy, and I've gone for Minalvi here. You know they put up a massive uh, game. Uh, performance against Summerhill. Curaha, you know, really didn't put in the performance that they needed against Wolf Tones in, in any way, shape or form. So I I think Wijnaldi will be hurt from the game last week and the result of that game last week. And uh, I'm going to go for a Wijnaldi win over Curaha. I'm going to go with your, your principal, but I'm going to go with a different selection and uh, and go for Curaha here. Um I fear for Manalvi without the Harnans, in particular Porrick in yeah. midfield. I just, the way they folded in midfield when he went off was a real concern to me um, and how reliant he was on it. Look, we all know how good he is and he's a county man and naturally you lean on him. But when he went off, Summerhill absolutely dominated the middle sector for the remainder of the game. And, you know, bearing in mind, you're probably going to have Toner or McEntee there for Curaha. I think the midfield is going to be a huge battle in this one. Who goes in and, and probably partners Donald Smith is, I don't know at this stage, um, to be brutally honest with you. Conor Harnan's a big loss in a defensive sense for them as well. I think Curaha, I think Curaha could get the win here. So I'm gone for Curaha. Well, so we've got a few differences of opinion between us now on the results, David, but it's going to make for a quite an exciting weekend of football action. And uh, the maximum points for my selections if all are correct, Davey, is 81 points. But I'd say you'd be up closer to the 90 points with your few draws that you've picked. Yeah, well, I had the, I did have the couple of draws, Mickey, and my total is only... It's actually only 83, to be honest with you. It's only 83, um, okay. 
So you've probably picked a few more four pointers than me, so that's probably why they're maybe evening off and that. So um, yeah. But look, look it's if, be... if any of us gets within the colour of eighty one or eighty three, we'll be doing all right. <laughs> we will indeed. And uh, again, we hope that all our listeners will uh, send in their nominations for the proactive risk control uh, uh, team of the week next weekend, and also for the player of the week next weekend, the proactive risk control player of the week again we'll be doing that podcast uh, after the championship is the, the round two of the championship is concluded next weekend and we will be sending it out as early as possible uh, in the week and uh, great to have the sponsor aboard Davy and, and, and the 50 euro gift voucher for, for the player of the week it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant That's a great incentive Mickey it really is and, and you know for guys to probably get recognised even in the team of the week. Some guys, we, like I think we had three or four uh, junior players last weekend getting in it and there's nothing to say that one of them and, and someone else probably can't come in and get into the team and maybe even win the award. That's like we don't, it's not just a senior thing with Nestor obviously winning it from an intermediate club and that as well. So there's, it's a great opportunity for the players as well and uh, it's good fun for us picking it as well. We mightn't be too welcoming some clubs after some of the selections we made but a uh, bit of crack, Mick. Exactly. Yeah, we won't be going out at Christmas time, so we won't. Uh, we won't be going. We won't be <laughs> anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Due to COVID, thanks for the call. But um, yeah, look. Um, we, again, we want to thank Stephen Baxter uh, from Proactive Risk Control for coming on board. And um, Proactive Risk Control for all your health and safety needs, consultancy and training. You can email Stephen at prc.ie. His mobile is 0874127603. And uh, his website is www.prc.ie. And if you listen to the interview, you will um, you will hear that they do loads of uh, loads of uh, health and safety towards the COVID as well, and, and, and audits and stuff like that. So um, do uh, mention we are made if you are ringing Stephen Baxter from Proactive Risk Control. Davy, um, before we finish up, we'll have to go to Instagram Interactive. And have you got much for us this week? There's a nice bit in it this week. Yeah, we had a we had a mixture of hurling and underage, and and then all sorts the usual culprits uh, popping up. But the first one's from Lauren Gorman, and it's something that we've already spoken about: the CCCC having to be called after the senior hurling result on Friday night or on Saturday night. Sorry. Yeah, and we we discussed that already earlier on, and in, 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 when we were doing the hurling results, and yeah, look, it's. It's, it's something that could have been avoided. That's the that's the disappointing thing about it. You know, like the loser was supposed to play in round two, the, the winner was supposed to play in round three, but they hadn't put in a proviso for a draw. So, like, it's something that could have been avoided, and it was silly. It, it wasn't going to change the result. Do you know, like, so they both get a point each, and uh, you know, it just means that they have to do an open draw now to see who goes into round two and round three. But she, she's right. Like, you know, it was it was it was comical that they had to do that. Paul Munley has another one on it and he says what type of coin has been flipped to determine the at boy slash Kilmessen result <laughs> <laughs> a double sided sided one hopefully a Kilmessen sided one <laughs> yeah Davey I'll tell you right heads I win tails you lose okay <laughs> yeah go for it <laughs> um, I'll let you think about that one for a while uh, yeah, uh, Aaron Lynch is next up Lynchy from Trim and he says young Sean Fitzgerald from Trim setting the championship alight um, yeah setting the championship alight but the only unfortunate thing for him is that he didn't win the proactive player of the week 
Neither did Lynchy either. So uh, work to be done and trim as good as they were. The next one is from uh, our old friend Peter Duffy, and he says, "Will Sancho join United?" Will Sancho join United? Uh, that's 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 the big question. I think actually I was I heard something on the radio earlier on that it has to be done by tomorrow, or it's not going to happen, or done by tonight. So um, in fairness, I don't think he's I I, I don't think he's going to affect the junior, intermediate, or senior championship this year anyway. No, and he's only another uh, overrated English footballer at the end of the day anyway, so we won't lose too much sleep on him. Um, Darrell Lynch, uh, the other, the Lynches, he came in and he says, James Cullen's retirement from the Trim Hurlers. Jeez, I thought he was going to say James Cullen's retirement from Simon's team just because he hadn't played last week. And uh, I didn't hear anything about James Cullen. Um, well, it was actually Jimmy Kilcullen in Simon's team, so... Um, yeah. That's a mistake on my part, but I just misheard you. But um, James Cullen, I didn't realise. Uh, did you hear anything about his return? No, I, I actually didn't notice he wasn't playing for the Hurlers, which is unusual. So it'll be interesting to see if there's more, more, more to it. But he's, uh, he's a very keen footballer as well, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Could have been away in a staycation somewhere, you know. It could have been down the west or down the south or something like that. I'd say, yeah. you know, I'd say we could be. he's trying to wind him up there. Mm. Carl O'Brien is next and he says will we see the end of the club championship with Corona yeah well um, I don't really like Corona unless it's got a lime in it um, but uh, look it's it's worrying it really is and uh, especially when you look at what happened in Kildare Leash and Offaly and of course Ballinabracky as well on the border of both uh, Kildare and Offaly isn't it you know yeah. so uh, yeah, like and, and and they had that case and, and look again, just have to be vigilant and you know people are being probably just too dismissive of the whole thing and you know just getting back to what they want to be is reality and you know what's going to happen is if we continue to go the way we are we mightn't see the end of the championship we mightn't see any uh, county football or you know or or, or all Ireland championship either. Uh, Andrew Deneen is next and he's wondering about the Lynch's dad, Ollie. He says, Ollie Lynch paying referees for trim. Oh, gee. Wow. That's a statement, that, isn't that's it? A, yeah, absolutely. That could be libelous. Uh, can we just distance ourselves from that? Was not we, anything we can, to do with podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, I know Ollie well enough and uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> David Regan and he said should Dune have beaten Patrick's well uh, yeah I think he I think he got the wrong podcast for that one um, but should Dune have beaten Patrick's well um, well I don't know if they should have beaten them well but maybe they should have beaten them by a little bit <laughs> very good uh, Kyle Kane says Sean Cleary scoring his first ever point last week I think he's a Gail Column Kill player Um uh, son of Con Cleary as well, I believe. So, um, congratulations to Sean. He has a big future ahead of him. Yeah, congratulations to him. And, you know, if we'd known that, he could have made the team of the week, so he could. <laughs> he could have. Ross Ryan uh, from Summerhill and, and Mead Senior Footballer as well. He says, Gav, is Gav McCoy going to struggle if they close the sunbeds again due to COVID? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, with the weather... <laughs> with with the weather we're having at the moment, he shouldn't need any sunbeds. He should be lying out there in the back garden on a big lump of tin foil. But uh, you know, he can, he can he can he can always buy the the, the stuff you rub on as well. You can tell him all about that, Dave. 
Yeah, well, uh, he actually got in touch with, with us after, and I says, no prizes for guessing who's out as that. And he says, that's all right. He says, just jealousy. And I said, yeah. I says, the boys don't realise a good tan when they see one. So, um, you know, good luck. <laughs> oh, we do, oh, we do realise a good tan when we see them, but not on you, boys. All right? <laughs> <laughs> James Trainer is next up, and he says, will Leeds win the Premier League? Um, uh, no, no, let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking of something smart to say. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, no, I don't think they will. Um, although, look, you know, there could be huge investment there over the summer. Um, some chic come in and buy Leeds United and uh, and, and buy up a load of players for them. You know, like, but uh, going on their performances this year, I don't think they'll win the, the Premier League. Okay, but that's Sean for Duggan, another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Sean Duggan says, "Will Conor Harlan go back to his old ways after his injury?" Hey, do you want to tell me about his old ways? Yeah, well, I, look, at the pubs are closed, so there's only so much drink he's probably going to get his hands on. And uh, providing Manalvi are still in the championship and Kiltail are still hurling, he he could be on it on his own. The only problem probably is Porrick is going to be there with him, so maybe the two <laughs> guys might go off on the, on a bit of a bender. But no, look at we wish we wish Connor a speedy recovery as well. He's an excellent yeah. young footballer, um, and and nobody likes to see lads out injured and stuff. He's a big loss to them too. So fingers crossed he's back soon. Um, yeah, Alex Arkins. Yeah, I'm Podge is right. Yeah, Alex. And anyone else? No, 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 go on. <laughs> and Sean himself. Maybe Sean will get into the team now that the two boys are out injured. Um, Alex Arkin says, Dunshockland's minor team, uh, who I know had a great win during the week, an absolutely brilliant win um, during the week in the first round of the minor championship. So he probably just wants our opinion on them. Uh, I think they could be Division 2, Mickey. So they could take a little bit of beating there, I'd imagine. Yeah, great work being done in Dunshockland at the moment. I know that uh, at underage level. And, you know, they've, they, they realised that they were falling behind uh, the, the, the crowd, you know, the chasing pack. They, they, they were getting away from it. So they decided to re- start rebuilding from the underage and they've got some, some brilliant lads involved uh, at, 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 at underage. And, uh, you know, just watch Dunshockland. Again, a lot of houses have been built around Dunshockland as well and, and the last couple of years so that's only going to help them so um yeah they could become something similar to Rathout or Dunboyne or St Colum Kills at underage over the next few years absolutely uh, next one is uh, from Dean Pluck who said he's a young goalkeeper from Balnebracky um was a mead minor last year as well. He said, "Is Simon Finn too worried about Nicky Judge's knees?" And he's the guy. Simon's the guy who always asks about Nicky Judge's knees every week. And I, I believe Nicky Judge played really well at fullback for Balnebracky last week. So, um, so that so that would yeah, so that would say that he probably is a little bit too worried about uh, Nicky Judge's knees. And you know, um, he's got a fascination with his knees. To be honest with you, and. Uh, it's kind of disturbing at this stage, so it is. And uh, please ask him to refrain from asking about Nicky Judge's knees from now on. <laughs> okay. Um, Cormac McNally uh, just wants to uh, mention Kildalki beating Kiltail. Well, we did that already, didn't we? And, uh, you know, it, it probably was bonfires uh, lit around Kildalki after that one. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're two big powerhouses of, of Mead Hurling and uh, they love getting one over each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, next one is from Adam McDonnell and he says, why didn't the 
better of the O'Reilly brothers, Liam, get on against Summerhill? And to answer his question, he was actually beside me recording the game, so I'd imagine that's probably why um, video analysis purposes, so probably playing his part in a different way. Yeah, look, he's he's a great man with a camera, so <laughs> they, they, they just decided that he was the man for the job and, you know, had to sacrifice him from the, from, from the field of play. So, but yeah, you want to see that video he did of that game. It's absolutely brilliant. Interesting. Um, next one is from Joe McWheeney, and he says, who's going to make the knockout stages of the minor division two? Um, and looking at the minor division two, there was a couple of, well, there was one probably, you'd have to class it as an upset last week. It was um, Cleary Emmets, which is sitting in Castledown, beating Dunham Ashburn, and beating them well, beating them by nine points in that one. But you, you look at other teams in that um, particular division, you have Vomahnes, uh, Kilbride, you know, Simonstown, Waterstown, Sedgestown and Trim, like they're, they're big teams to be in Division 2 with the minor championship. So probably Sanchezstown, considering the work they've maybe done at underage level, you'd have to say are probably the most likely to to, to win it outright. Um, it's broken into two divisions and that, so it's hard to know who might come in. I think the top two from each division, so probably Waterstown, when you look at their win, 4-16 to 9 points over Simonson. That's a, that was yeah. a huge win. Yeah, a huge um, win over Simonson last weekend. And then, you know, um, Kaliri Emmets have put themselves in a good position, but then Trim will probably come back strong and sense So, it's in the division that uh, Division 2 of the Minor Championship. So, we'll wait and see with interest on that one. Um, the next one up is Kilbride beating Navan O'Mahony's at Minor, and that's from Joe McQueeny as well. That was a serious win for Kilbride in Division 2, beating Navan O'Mahony's by, I think it was a point or two, um, but it just again illustrates the work that's going on in Kilbride at Unrage Lavin, Mickey. Yeah, and, and, and for such a, a powerhouse of mead football in Navidomatnies and, you know, big town team, um, just would probably, you'd probably be wary of that uh, if you were if you were an Avidomatnies um, uh, player or, or selector or, or member. Um, that has to be very worrying for, for anybody in Navidomatnies because, you know, for, for, for years and years they dominated underage football and, and they seem to be struggling a little bit at the moment and, if they don't bring on players very soon, they're going to lose the current crop of players, which are an aging team in Navan and and not have much coming in behind them. So, um, yeah, um, worrying times for Navan O'Matneys, but brilliant work being done in Kilbride, and, and, and that's a huge win for them. Sure. Darren McFan, last one up, and he says, Own Frayne only scoring freeze. And Own Frayne is, of course, a younger brother of Connor. Connor. Um, yeah, and I believe a hugely talented player. So I think Darren might be. Uh, having a little bit of a go at, at own frame but he's an outstanding young footballer as well and uh, I'd say we'll see plenty more of him in the coming years Yeah I, I don't get this you know when, when, when people uh, you know call out players for only only scoring frees the free taker has a job and if he's a good free taker he's imperative to the team and, and, and you know he's a, a vital cog in the wheel and you know, you look down through the years, any team that has won in All-Ireland, any team that has won uh, a club championship even, has had a good free taker. So I don't buy into that whole thing. And that's probably because I like to take frees myself, David. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Mick. I know, in <laughs> fairness to you, you took penalties as well. So it wasn't oh. just frees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I didn't take penalties as well as I took the frees, let's just say. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll leave it there, so... That's all from Instagram. You've got to be joking me. Is there none for PS tapes? No.
there's nothing in from PS Tables, and I've sent them a message there. Um, it's not gone through, so I don't think we're going to get a question from PS Tapes on the podcast this week. But uh, that's he was it. actually busy on Instagram today, Mickey. I'm just scrolling through his Instagram now, and he says, "So if you're having a shitty." Stress-filled, pain in the hole of a day. There's only one thing for it. And he goes on a big uh, cooking spree. Um, some fabulous-looking food, none of which I'd probably eat myself, but uh, it, it looks nice nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Paddy is big into his food, so he is. And uh, he's just after texting me back. He says, I figured that there'd be loads already. Um, so um, I'm just going to reply to him and see if we can get anything before we finish. Uh, um, uh, finish up and uh, I've just said to him but you're a part of the show Paddy and at this stage he is an honorary member of he the is. Army team yeah. Davey so um, he just sent me back laughing faces um, I'm going to say we are live is there a question do you have a question we are live now do you have a question um, so that's gone through to him there so maybe we might get something before we finish up David do you want to plug the predictions yeah I suppose for anybody uh, we got the We Are Mead League uh, updated after Tuesday night's game and Susan Farrell's uh, stay at the top was very short lived I think she's down as low as third now um, Owen Griffin from Tannagale with his win on Tuesday night actually got him top as well I think I'm still second and uh, you're still third from bottom Mickey so not much changed at the bottom but uh, I suppose for anyone looking to do it, gapredictions.com, fair enough, if you have, if you missed the first round of We Are Mead League, you could still join in. You might catch Mickey. Actually, Richie Quigley's been in touch, and he, he said to me, I, missed, I was away on holidays, missed the first round. I said, can I still join? I said, absolutely, Brennan. You might catch him yet. You have two weeks to catch him. But uh, <laughs> um, there's another 150 in prize money as well. Jamie Coslow, who is in the We Are Mead League, but fortunately enough, his winning entry wasn't the same one that he put in the We Are Mead League. So, uh, thank God for that. He's not top of the We Are Mead League as well. But he had a great week with 55 was the winner. And John Henry was second with 54. So, good prize money on offer every every week. So, it's worth playing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, get on there. And, and Davey, look, come here. You did this in the, in, in the Alliance National Football League at the very start, you one week you did really well and things started to um, uh, fall apart after that and I caught you and I passed you out and I went up into the top third of the table look this is this is this is a marathon not a sprint Davy. so um, we have a lot of differences this week in the predictions so um, I, I'd be hoping to claw back some of those points against you so I would yeah good luck with that <laughs> question question in from PS Tapes is a Jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit? Davey, do you know the answer to that one? It's a, it's a biscuit, Mickey. It's not a biscuit. Uh, uh, I'll just have you know. And that is, technically, it is not a biscuit. And uh, for, for tax reasons, it's not a biscuit. And uh, I, I will explain it to you again. But basically, um, they went to court to prove that a Jaffa cake was not a biscuit. Um, uh, because the VAT on a biscuit... I think at the time was something like 13%, but the VAT on a cake was only 9%. So they proved that it was a cake. And uh, since then, they, a Jaffa cake, you don't have to pay as much VAT on it or, 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 or tax on it. So there you go, Davey. Just uh, every day is a school day. Um, and if anybody wants to Google that, you can actually find that. Um, so you can. And I think it was the Fiddies who went to court and proved that a Jaffa cake is a cake and not a biscuit. 
What a way to finish the show this this week, Davey. Remember, we are made by Alice Law.